0: Hello, people. Welcome to TechnoSocial. If you like what we're doing, then please consider liking us on YouTube and on your podcast provider, sharing our content around and generally telling people about it. And maybe even consider giving us a donation on Patreon.com forward slash TechnoSocial. (laughs) TechnoSocial David, thank you for being here with me. Mm, Thanks for the
1: invite.
0: (laughs) I think I'll explain the context within which we know each other, which is that you run this organization. I guess organization would be the word called Evolving Men.
1: Mm.
0: And you posted on a forum that we both hang out in a few months back saying that you were starting a mastermind for guys who wanted to create men's circles in their local areas And I saw that and I thought, yeah, I want to do that. And so we have gotten to know each other over the period of a few months in this monthly call. And you have been the leader and the guide in me setting up a men's circle in my local area, which has been an incredibly valuable thing, both for myself and for the guys who come along to it. I mean, it's been fascinating that almost everybody who's been through those doors had said, this really feels like something they wanted or needed and that they themselves had even had the thought, wouldn't it be great if there was a space where we as men could just come and be and, and speak? And what we're doing really is just having a circle where we talk about what's going on in our lives and explore what it means to be a man and what it means to connect to purpose. Now, I think there is a kind of selection bias in that the people who turn up at this group are probably the people who are primed to want that anyway. However, there is still something very interesting that that A, these are pop- these men's circles and this interest in men's circles is popping up across the place, across Europe where we're based, the calls that we meet in the masterminds of guys from from the UK and Austria and Finland and God knows where else. So I wonder if I might just ask if you have any thoughts on what's going on here with, with these men's circles and men coming together like this.
2: Mm,
0: Sure. Um, I mean, the
2: first thing that comes up is that it's kind of interesting, the simplicity of how you described it, right? It's like, we just come together as men and we just talk. And, and I mean, obviously we don't chit chat as much as we really create a space where we talk about the things that I think deep down we really want to talk about, but maybe don't have the courage to, but still it's really simple. And there's something about that that I really like that it seems like at least some of the solutions of the issues we're facing nowadays are in a way quite simple. So, so that's the first piece that comes up. Um, so I've been in this men's movement for the past two and a half years and yeah it's so cool to see how it's growing it's still obviously very underground like when you talk to men i'd say regular men they're still like what the fuck is a men's circle and like you know all sorts of fantasies of that some you know guys holding hands and and saying you're great i love you So it's it's not yet mainstream, which I think is the goal of many people who are in this movement. And as you said, there is a deep yearning for community. There's a deep yearning for a different kind of
1: culture among men.
2: And there's a deep yearning for a Being able to identify as a man and that feeling good. Because I think most men, like, you know, nowadays, it's pretty normal for women to, you know, be proud to be a woman. For, For a man to like publicly say, I'm proud to be a man, is like you're very quickly being called out as all sorts of things.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I mean, this even brings me to something we were discussing in our circle the other day around this idea of, it's sometimes said, well, why should one be aiming to be a better man or a better woman? Can't a person just aim to be a better person? Why use these, these genders that are sometimes seen as outdated at all. Why should I, as a person in a male body, have to identify with this thing as what, what a man might be? And yet, it feels to me very deep that I want to understand what it is to be a man and not just a person. Which is not to say that it's prescriptive and that everybody who has the same body as me should want to be a man, however, there are a number of us, at the very least, who are interested in what this is, what it opens in the world and how it might enable us to better show up for the people around us. And maybe that's one of the the misconceptions as well around this men's circle thing as to what it is doing. Like I've had mostly positive responses on social media in regard to me posting about the men's circle, but I've had one or two people say, I wouldn't touch your group with a barge pole, which was interesting in the very least. And I think there is, there certainly are some less savory things going on with, I don't know what you'd call it, the manosphere, if you will, resentful, angry men meeting up to complain about women or blame, blame others for their problems or blame the lack of traditional patriarchy for their problems. But that is not what is going on in these men's circles. And in this men's movement that we're part of, it's, it feels very creative and asking almost, how can we show up and serve as men? Not how can we work out who is responsible for our problems? But yeah, how can we, and how can we support each other as brothers?
2: Yeah. Can I jump in there? Yeah. So a few things. Um, first of all, I mean, I think these concerns about men's circle, I think they're valid. I think it's like, it's a very nuanced conversation to be had that I don't see in many places. Um, right? Like, yeah, I'll start there. So yeah, I mean what a valid thing to ask like are we just recreating um ideas of what it means to be a man like man-made ideas that probably were created to um sustain a certain kind of culture that i don't know if i agree with right so i think it's really important to ask that question and to neither go into um yes absolutely we're doing that right away and also not to no absolutely not like what we're doing is compl- it's like we're we're free of any kind of criticism um and then one piece that i found interesting that you said was um about your body like being being in a male body um and then like that obviously there are more men coming together interested in exploring what does it mean to be to be a man Mm. And so one thing that came up to me was, well, yes. And no other man has your body, right? Like your body is very unique mm. in so many ways. Like, I mean, there's so much to dive into, like just the, the amount of history you're carrying within your body of all your ancestors and all of your experiences and all of your choices, like all of that is alive in your body. And with that, yes, you're inhabiting a male body and you're standing in a lineage of men, and that comes with all sorts of things. For example, I recently had this chat with my partner where I was like, fuck, imagine how deeply it is ingrained in men's DNA to go to war, to die for some sort of cause that you believe in or not. So I think it makes a lot of sense to explore this question. What does it mean to be a man? what it's what is like the baggage that comes with that what is the the beauty what what's like the um like the life serving what are the life serving elements that have been passed on to me from generations of men before me and to learn to discern that right so we don't just say everything that I've been told about being a man is great or everything that I've been told about being a man is wrong. Like, and I think this is one place I would like this conversation to kind of move towards is it's really interesting how challenging it is for people in general to be in the space in between uh, polarizations, right? Like this space of, okay, you say, there is something in being a man that really touches me. And I feel kind of a calling to really explore that. Right. And, And there's a beauty to that. And I can so resonate with that. Can I, at the same time, also acknowledge that I'm pretty sure I've inherited some really shitty patterns that I think make a lot of sense to really examine and probably change. Right. And then again, like, and then we have these, um polarized conversations, and to be honest, I even see them like in the like the men's circles and movements that we're a part of, um, that, for example, like postmodern feminists are the enemy, <laughs> right? Like this is kind of our our mind jumps towards simplifying things because it's easier to handle. Like we're living in a fucking complex world. and it's really freaking hard to to be in this discomfort of not having certainty in any way. And that even what it means to be a man is constantly evolving. Like I will never arrive at a final answer of what it means to be a man or how am I supposed to show up as a man? And yet our mind keeps trying to find that place. And so that's something that I'm really interested in, in creating spaces where we have the courage to stay in this kind of dance in between in between the poles and that's the place where for me the body comes in because somehow i find that the body can hold complexity better than our conditioned mind or put differently if if i'm able to really um inhabit my body and feel everything that's going on. There's already so much contradiction going on in my body right now and in your body right now that we kind of, we can learn this capacity to hold all these different sensations that are happening at the same time. And with that, I sense that my mind gets more flexible. Mm. My mind starts to be able to, to kind of hold these polar opposites as well and be like, okay, uh you know here's my habitual kind of tendency to go i need to make one thing right and the other wrong and here i am kind of standing in between um, and what, so to wrap this up just one more point yeah that's a really essential part for me of masculinity is this kind of like the just like standing in the storm and the storm can just be your inner life and just being like i'm with all of this I'm present with all of this. I don't have solutions right now. I I don't pretend to know more than I do. But what I choose to do is to be present with everything. Mm. It's such a powerful aspect for me of masculinity, which just as a side note, doesn't mean just men, but
0: for me, it's a quality that I associate with masculinity. No, that was was beautifully put. I mean, where I wanted to go is actually to ask, what does it, look or indeed feel like to have the body admits this complexity. Mm. What are you talking about there? Mm. Can you say it again? Like, what does it, what does it feel like to be sensing complexity in one's body in the way you've just described?
2: Right. Well, I mean, I can say, how does it feel for me right now? (laughs) That's, That's all I can say. And I can possibly say a bit about the past, but even there, like, Yeah, just cautious not to generalize, like that's my unique experience and yours will be different. But what I can say is, as I said before, that there is, there are a lot of different sensations happening at the same time that my mind doesn't understand. Okay, so I can just speak from my present experience is okay, I feel, um, feel tingling in my hands, feel Bit of tension in my neck, a bit of tension in my jaw. Can feel right now my ass relaxing a bit and sitting a bit more solidly on the chair. There's some movement going on in my belly. Is it kind of um, something really joyful and playful in my chest? So there's all these things happening, right? And of course, like whenever I express one of them my mind comes up with a million ideas of why that's the case. Like, why am I experiencing this? And do I know that my mind is right? I have no freaking idea, right? Maybe like it's possible that my mind understands, Oh, you know, you feel tense here because you did that. But is life as simple? (laughs) Do we, do we have just these like linear relationships between things? No, probably not. Probably it's really complex. Right? And so, my practice leads me to like, I keep coming back to my own body and to this place of like, what if the most powerful place that I can inhabit is just to be present with everything that's going on without trying to understand it. Like what if there's a flow of information in that, that just goes beyond my mind and in my experience like that often puts me in a place where (laughs) like I said this for fun a few days ago to a friend of mine is like I think sometimes people think I'm some sort of magician because they're like I seem to have access to like information about them and about the space and stuff like that they're like whoa how can you know this and I'm like everyone can like our bodies are these incredibly intelligent uh I don't like to use the word machines, but organisms that have evolved over thousands and thousands of years, and we're just not using it for good reason. Like there's trauma and there's pain and there's conditioning and so on, but still like
1: that space of
2: learning to feel more and more of what's going on in your body, acknowledging that I probably don't understand why, I'm experiencing all these things, but I can still learn. It's like a kind of transrational learning, if you want. Mm. like that's it's it's almost like that's my only hope for us to move forward. <laughs> like that's the only place I see us being able to grasp the how we've come here and what needs to change so that we can create a world that is sustainable and works
0: for everyone. It reminds me of that. I think it's Einstein quote about you can't change. I'm going to butcher this so badly, but you can't change the world with the same mind that created the problems that you're now dealing with. I forget what it is exactly. The point being that we are in a certain place as people, as cultures, as a world, as a result of a certain way of doing things and trying to, to solve the issues within the frame that has produced the issues is just leads to more of the same. And I think you're completely right that the body seems to have been this forgotten temple, if you will, mm-hmm. that there is now value in, in excavating and re reintegrating perhaps you know and as you were talking i was thinking about this dyad meditation exercise that you've taught me which i ran with my men's circle the other day for the first time as we were doing our second meeting on zoom and it was great i felt like i felt very very present in the call and the other guys i think we had a great connection between us and, I mean, it is basically to describe it kind of what you just did in describing your sensations. But as a group, right, we sit and close our eyes and just have the space open and anyone can describe sensations that they're feeling. And after a couple of minutes of that, I felt like I was no longer just in me. I was because especially with my eyes closed and hearing the other guys say I can feel a tingling in my fingers and that makes me think. I can feel a tingling in my fingers. All of a sudden we are, it's not just my body, but we are a body for a time. And it feels perhaps especially valuable now that more and more social interaction is happening via the computer because we're all at least temporarily locked down.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, the trick is... That art of not just being up here, and what coming down here then enables to to come out and express and express openly and without perhaps a commitment to just stating something and it being right, but with a more explorative mindset, because that is what we do when we explore the body. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's it's there are so many things that are precious in what you said. One thing is. You we're talking about this experience of connection or like being part of something bigger than just your own organism your own body which is what we always are right like for a long time that's been kind of the just like a spiritual or esoteric perspective like we're all one and we're all connected but i mean science is catching up and i mean teachers i very much appreciate talk about humanity as like one big nervous system and there's more and more science that starts to see that as well that like we're constantly affecting each other in ba- in ways that most of us are not aware of but that that doesn't mean that it's not there right and so for me when i tune into my body i become more aware of that and it's actually it's actually one of the Like the fact that we believe that we're completely separate is both
1: a cause and a consequence of
2: like what's wrong in the world, because that makes me behave in really weird ways. And if I really saw that I was like a piece of a larger organism for example, trying to extract something from other pieces of the organism around me doesn't make sense any longer. What does make sense is taking good care of myself so that I can be a good, healthy part, kind of spreading, spreading aliveness and energy, right? So it's also not about um, sacrificing myself. That doesn't make sense either. (laughs) And and those are all things that are going on in, in our heads, like these kind of ideologies and theories and it, like we don't need them. We we like have all the intelligence that we need in our bodies. Now, one more piece that's really important for me here is, I don't argue in any way that we should abandon our mind. Like our mind is a brilliant tool, especially if it is like seated in a grounded, relaxed, open body. I like I don't want to get rid of my mind. I love my mind. It's just when it doesn't have, and I mean, you had. To, Um, you have an amazing philosopher on this or a researcher on this on your podcasts, Ian McGilchrist who talks about the master and his emissary. And that's exactly it. like if the mind is the master, it keeps on recreating problems
1: that it's trying to solve. And so the body
2: is kind of this piece that in my experience puts things more into order again.
0: Mm. And on the topic of, of McGilchrist, I mean, even his idea about this left and right hemisphere split right that the left hemisphere works by fragmentation and splitting things apart where the right hemisphere has much more of a holistic all-encompassing gestalt way of interacting yes. with the world and i mean there's like crazy experiments that he describes of people who suffer right hemisphere (laughs) brain trauma and then wake up well one result of that is losing the ability to move the left side of the body but then also losing a certain way of perceiving and so there's stories of patients who a doctor asks to lift their left arm they've got right from right head uh, trauma and they can't move it and the doctor says so you, you see you can't move my arm and the patient's saying well yeah but that's not my arm it's like, what? Like that's attached to you. But they've lost that thing to, to experience that that arm is, is part of them. It's just an arm that's in the bed. And similarly, I think there was another one about a patient, same trauma, who woke up in the middle of the night and was terrified because there was a woman lying in bed with her, <laughs> who was her. <laughs> and McGilchrist's idea... Yes, and I think in some
2: way, we're all, we're all experiencing this trauma.
0: Hmm. Yeah, we the body
1: is, is an alien. Yes, and other human beings are aliens to us. Mm.
0: So now I want to ask you in the men's work you have done and continue to do, what are what would you say are some of the things you are noticing that men are regularly struggling with? And indeed how is, is men's work in men's circles them hmm
1: it's a great question so one is everything that we've just talked about like feeling themselves being self-aware in a healthy way i mean
2: most of the <laughs> most of the current personal development industry would not exist if more people in general would feel themselves. Because a lot of the seeking advice from outside is because I'm disconnected from the wisdom within. Like I I, I don't trust. I'm not aware or I don't trust the things that I see coming up from within. Right. And so I think that's something that men are maybe suffering even more from than women this kind of, I cannot trust myself. I need to like in some way discipline myself to be a good human being. Like I'm not good as I am. Um, there's a lot of shame, a lot, a lot of shame. And you know, I think I shared that on the Mastermind, did I? Anyways, like I've been, ex- I've been exploring shame a lot and how it affects my behavior and my expression, and finding ways to kind of counteract shame which is a social emotion like it's something that we learn it's not a basic emotion that we're born with so shame is a huge thing
1: um
2: and from that just so many other things i mean struggling in relationships like struggling struggling to be vulnerable struggling to meet all the different expectations that they're facing like to be tough and soft and Uh, courageous and tender and like all all these confusing again mental kind of stimulations that are coming their way. Feeling empty and having no one to talk to about this. So feeling like, you know, the kind of lonely wolf that has to figure everything out by himself. Um, Having to carry the weight of the world on his shoulders. You know, this kind of dramatic hero that no one acknowledges but silently suffers for everyone. That's like a, quite a common
1: mm.
2: theme. Yeah, and then finding their place in this constantly changing world, like the ability to adapt, to learn. those are more abstract. I mean, I can also go really more concretely, like being emotionally dependent from their partners, like not knowing how to kind of um, set boundaries and take care of themselves in relationship, Um, doing work that they're not enjoying, but not having the courage to kind of see how they might be able to change that. Obviously relationship to their parents, Especially fathers, I think absent fathers is something that most men and people in general are suffering from. Um, Yeah, and then, and I mean, that's more of an interpretation from my side, but just
1: like handling the
2: intensity that we're confronted with just by living in this crazy world. Like, how do I handle this? And especially people who are, and men who are more sensitive, like, how do I handle, again, like all these conflicting things that are, that I'm experiencing that for me is very much related to a messed up world we're living in. Like, how do I make sense of that? What do I do with it? Yeah. And then obviously drug abuse, you know, distracting myself, withdrawing from the world. Those are like some of the more surface, uh, kind of ways of seeing what's what's really going on underneath
0: yeah i see myself in much of it
2: Mm. maybe one last is uh lack of brotherhood it's also a huge one lack of healthy relationships to other men
0: right and it feels like one of the most powerful things about just stepping into a men's circle initially is just being able to acknowledge some of the stuff on that checklist simply just yes. saying it yes. which i think i and some of the guys i know just haven't felt like we've been able to do for for a long time
1: and then
2: am, right <laughs> yeah it's like what you also struggle with that
0: <sighs> it's not just me
1: yes
0: it's not that that's actually Everyone is walking around with something going on inside their head. It's not like it's a world filled with Spartan warriors with no emotions and like courage.
2: And see, if I I look at this from a, um, you know, some people call it an interbeing perspective, like the perspective that we're all in some way connected, it makes sense that there's something going on in each of us. Like that informs us of the world that we're living in. It's not that there's something wrong with us and that we should try to find ways to calm the things down that we're experiencing. Like that's a huge misunderstanding for me of spirituality, how it's being practiced in the West a lot is this kind of, oh, mindfulness so that I'm not as anxious. Well, maybe there's a reason you're anxious. Like maybe that informs us about a fucked up world we're living in. And maybe if we acknowledge more that, all these experiences that we're having are not dysfunctional. They're actually functional expressions of a dysfunctional world. And we're just, we're just like mirroring that. And so when we start taking that seriously instead of like medicating and just living up in our minds and trying to figure everything out from there, we actually have the capacity to build a world that actually works for us because we have an amazing feedback system that constantly tells us, is that working? Is that not working? And so on.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm reminded of a phrase I sometimes use to describe spiritual paracetamol, (laughs) (laughs) using practices and beliefs as a way of just anesthetizing, anesthetizing, it's a tricky word to say. I hope people get what I'm saying. (laughs) I mean, I guess now we're onto the topic of this perhaps fucked up world, it might be interesting to explore what's going on with this virus a bit. And how, in fact, I mean, I'll just said like the men's circle I've run. We've now met twice since going into lockdown. And those of us who have been able to to show up have like been incredibly grateful to one another that we actually have this space that we can sit down for an hour and a half in front of the computer. And I mean, I think, I mean, it's been fascinating to me because I'm quite a young guy, but some of the guys are a bunch older and they've got kids and families, and now they're at home with used to being going out and being the provider if you will and now everyone's at home and there's a whole mesh of relationships that aren't used to being in such close proximity and having the men's circle one's brothers as a place to just go and it's not escape it's something other than escape right it's like process to have a space like an intersubjective, interpersonal place to process, as opposed to just going off into like a private retreat and going for a walk for oneself or or meditating alone and and i I think it was the same one we met in in our mastermind the other day. There was a real feeling of how valuable it is that we're sitting down there, and I know you've been doing other calls for people, not even related to men's work exactly there was one with a bunch of women in it and we were just coming together to say okay what's going on with covid how is it affecting us is there anything we can do to show up and and to help but also to not feel the pressure to and that feels incredibly valuable and i don't know exactly what the name for it is because we haven't necessarily been doing it in society up to this point people hang out with their friends but not with a purpose of processing a certain thing that's going on. And that feels like amidst this chaos and this confusion, perhaps something that I'm hoping that we can learn to do. And that hope is partly in, involved in me hoping that I can learn to do this and lead people in, in sharing these spaces together. Yeah. Good,
2: good points. And just going to pick out a few if you're okay with that. Yeah, go. Um, so one is, again, this is kind of noticing the simplicity, <laughs> right? It's like, wow, how profound it can feel to just come together and express what's going on. Who would have thought even without even coming up with solutions? Like it's, it's just this kind of, here's what I'm experiencing and I'm being received in that. And suddenly my nervous system goes like, oh, it's like, it's coming back to its more natural state, which is that of being relaxed and open and in relationship. And so that's a huge piece of what you were describing for me is we're like in our modern culture, we're mostly not in relationship and we think that's normal. Like we think it's normal um, and, or put the other, way, the other way around, like we think it's kind of weird and extraordinary to need other people and to need the support of other people, especially as men. because. I don't know, maybe like we cannot mentally explain to ourselves, like why it feels so much better to share what's going on when I'm in a group with a bunch of people rather than just doing it by myself. But obviously it does
1: something. Right. So that's one piece
2: is the coming into relationship and just understanding more about our human setup and that we're social animals and that we need this and that we need a kind of again a kind of space that goes beyond just like a exchange of thoughts and when you tune more into your body you can actually sense that like you can sense there's an exchange going on that's just way beyond words like it, where it's not about i don't know finding agreement or getting new ideas it's about like a deeper sense of relationship mm. so that's one piece that's coming up the other i just want to name since like when we're talking about this current um situation with with COVID 19 is um i don't claim to be an expert in any way on the situation and on the virus i've done my fair share of informing myself and what i'm most interested in exploring is this kind
1: of like what does it do
2: to our minds and bodies, the situation, and how, how, how do we respond? What are our habitual patterns and how can we respond in healthier ways? I think that's something that's very valuable to explore, regardless of whether you know, the current situation is mostly being exaggerated or actually is far worse than we think, like there's so many unknowns and we can get so lost in trying to get, like we were talking about in the very beginning, like I want to know exactly what it is. I want to have this kind of certainty and say, this is right and this is wrong. And of course, like, this not, it's not wrong. I'm, I'm also not saying that we should, you know, go into this kind of relativism of like, well, everything goes, no. But just to see like, we're in a situation where I think no one really knows what's going on and, how things are going to turn out. Some people have ideas, but that's it. And so now we're in a space that's (laughs) filled with uncertainty. Cool. What do we do now? Like, what are, what are the healthy and unhealthy responses that, that, um, that people show up with? And I think one healthy response is to connect more. this kind of urge to be with others in the situation and to reach out and it's that it's that 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 that, like it's not a mental thing it's not like people are thinking like here's the current situation here's what will be good it's like it's more instinctual it's like there's a situation that's challenging so I want to draw closer the people that are important to me and I think that's super healthy and that's this kind of quality of being in relationship that i think we desperately need and we desperately needed before this
0: current situation as well We just maybe weren't so aware of it mm. there's a few pieces come into mind here i mean one is one of the things that someone said at the very first men's circle i ran he said this is amazing it's better than therapy And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, maybe the reason that therapy exists is because we don't have spaces like this anymore.
2: Yes, of course.
0: (laughs) It's like we, for a long time, were were tribal. We were nomads. We went around in small groups where everybody knew each other very well. And as men, we would be out hunting and sleeping around a campfire beneath the stars. Yeah, and
2: And I mean, from my knowledge probably not just hunting like probably also a lot of foraging. Mm. like it's also there's also interesting where we kind of retrospectively create certain narratives that that support ideas of what you know what, that we have around being a man and also here like I, I don't claim that it's completely wrong but for example i've been reading uh sapiens by Yuval harari and so the way he talks about us is like it's in a or less heroic way of hunting you know like we were kind of um scavenging for dead animals uh, after you know some some lion killed them and the birds ate some of it like we ate the rest <laughs> mm. this kind of way and of
0: course we did some hunting as well we just wanted
2: to bring that in it's interesting.
0: But yeah i think you make a good point about how easy it is to romanticize the past yes which is it's a trap but however the the point i think is about the relationship that exists during that and how i think we we developed as beings in those environments for most of our evolutionary history whether or not they were glorious or they were actually like we were hyenas upon the plains but with uh, walking on two legs instead of four and it also puts me in mind of conversation I had with, with Sebastian Junger on the podcast journalist, um, wrote this amazing book called tribe. One of the most like profound books I've read about basically, well about conflict. But one of the central ideas is how American soldiers who went off to fight in the wars in the middle East came home and wanted to go back. And it wasn't because, life was, it's not about like wanting to be in war, but it's about the the brotherhood and the the relationship that exists among brothers in a high intensity life and death environment where survival every day means total dependency on those around you. And then returning to a society where everything is, is safe and everybody is isolated from one another unless they take efforts to to break out of that yeah
2: yeah i mean like i notice a doubt coming up about this kind of impulse of wanting wanting to go back to war just being like a healthy remnant of um You know, good old tribal times, I imagine that there's also something about, well, modern society is really complex and being in war is quite simple. Like you have a clear task, you have a clear enemy. Like that's what we're good at. That's what we've learned for a long time. And it doesn't solve the problems that we're facing right now. Like if you treat this virus right now as an enemy, you just don't get it. You don't get that this virus is mirroring things about our system that are messed up and that the virus is not really the problem. Of course, like we need to like find ways to make sure that not too many people die from this, but it's like the virus is not the enemy. It's just, it's just showing us some really fascinating things about how our globalized world works. And so, so that then, then we take a different approach and our mind is just like our conditioned mind is used to like thinking in terms of war thinking in terms of right and wrong and good and bad. And when we're in that, we feel this kind of, I mean, it's
1: easier that way. Life is just easier.
0: Mm, Yeah, that's a really good point. And it is very apparent that many of the people I, I, well, people I know, I see on social media do use the language of war to describe what we're in at the moment. Yes, it's all around.
1: Mm.
2: that's that's, for example. that's a great example. And just to kind of um, cite where I have this from, this is something that Charles Eisenstein talks about a lot. He's a um, cultural philosopher from the u s, and he talks about this war mentality and how, you know, for example, looking at uh, our current of climate um, crisis or climate situation, that like fighting CO two emissions, that's just a way oversimplified way of looking at this. Like we, the, the, we, don't, we cannot solve the situation by just cutting CO2 emissions. That's like, that's ridiculous. It's a ridiculously oversimplified way of looking at it. And it reflects how our mind works. And it's kind of even like, what do we measure and what do we don't measure? That's already an expression of how our mind works. And so that's gonna limit what we're seeing and what we're not seeing. What are the relationships we're unaware of, of certain ecosystems that we think, oh, they're not so important because they don't, uh, they don't, whatever, like they don't take in as much CO2 that then kind of we can, we can subtract from our emissions. But maybe the, these ecosystems are actually in some other more complex ways, really, really, really important for the Earth.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's bringing me back to McGilchrist, actually and the uh, the left hemisphere bias wanting to split things up and then treat things as isolated objects and that is i suppose that is the warfare mentality even the enemy the enemy is no longer an organism a complex organism it is a thing for which there is one destiny which is to defeat it and i suppose the other thing that lurks behind that is the fantasy that things will be all right once it's gone exactly it's like once i kill the enemy all that's left is good
2: <laughs> mm. yeah right as if that has ever worked
0: <laughs> and that's such an easy an easy trap to fall into on a personal level as well
2: yes I on so many levels like and you know and there's no one is to be taken out of this pattern, like no political side or party or like, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a politician really stepping out of this paradigm.
1: I think some people try, but then again,
2: you also have to kind of meet people where they are. Like we, we, Like, we cannot talk about unity and we're all connected and people will be like, yeah, You're so right. That's just not the the state of mind that most people are in. So of course, you also need to kind of be aware of that. But yeah, I mean, that's just an example of the complexity we're living in, right? If if some really smart person who would understand a lot about the world, and there are people like that, would just like say to the world, you know, hey guys and girls, like, here's the situation. Uh, Here's the complexity that we're facing. These are the problems. Uh, these are the things we need to address. This is where we can really change. These are our possibilities.
0: Who would listen? (laughs) I'm mindful of the fact you said you needed to, or wanted to wrap up by three o'clock and you're referring to your three o'clock, I presume. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yeah, let's just take
2: another like five to 10 minutes to kind of find an end.
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, on the political point, right, I think... Politics itself is conducted as if it's a battle
1: yes.
0: when there's two teams and one is either on one team or the other. I remember I struggled with this for so long growing up. I was like, I don't know if I'm a left wing or right wing. There's clearly something wrong with me. I need to, I need to work it out. <laughs> yeah. It's like trying to put a round peg into a square hole, as they say. And I think, that is perhaps the war mentality of simplification and then not implementation the words not coming to me (laughs) and so here we are how do we move forward into the complexity of the body the intersubjective being the space where we don't know exactly what's going to happen, but we know something is happening. It's like right now I'm talking, I don't really know what's coming out of my mouth anymore. I'm just rambling. <laughs> but I feel, feel quite comfortable with it. Nice. Well,
1: I mean, I think one thing that
2: helps me a lot, especially in, in well, always is How I view the world and how I tend to respond to what's going on heavily depends on my inner state. And that does not mean in any way that all our problems are just illusions, blah, 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 blah. Like that's not, I'm not spiritual bypassing, but like I can, as I said in the beginning about this healthy quality of masculinity, like I can stand in the intensity and be like, There's a lot going on in this world right now. and I do not have the answers to everything that's going on and I'm here and I'm well-regulated, right? It's like, I'm grounded. I feel myself. I feel my body. I feel connected to the ground. I, I kind of have a sense that like some of my experience is not just like my personal experience, but it's like me being part of the larger web of life and I'm here, I'm available that's something i can always choose to move towards and so that's very different from the mindset that we're mostly in is this kind of here's a problem let's find a solution as quickly as possible that usually comes from a very disconnected place i think a lot of times out of fear like i'm scared of the like the the place that i'm in right now I don't have time to calm down. I don't have time to regulate myself. I don't have time to kind of orientate like, oh, where am I? Like, what is it that's really going on? Like, what's going on beyond the just most obvious symptoms? And so, like, that's a huge part of my practice and what I just share with anyone who's interested. Really, Is this kind of like, I don't have the solution or the answer in any way. And I probably claimed it sometimes in the past more than was true. But really what I can offer is I can offer my presence. I can offer the information that's coming through me. So I don't need to pretend to be any smarter or bigger or more evolved than I am. That's already like part of the problem that we're all in. Like we're, we're, we think that we need to be somewhere else to solve the problems that we're in. Maybe not maybe we really need to slow down and kind of see all the information that's already available. And maybe it's going to look very different than our mind thinks that we're going to solve this current problems. I don't know.
0: Mm. I mean, I wanted to ask as a last question, if people are listening and they're interested in the sort of stuff we've been speaking about, where might they go or what might they do? And I feel like you've actually somewhat answered that. But do you have any thoughts to add? (laughs) Um,
2: I mean, they can send me an email if they want. It's David at evolving, uh, evolving minus men.com. You can go on Facebook to facebook.com slash men evolving. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of other people that I really appreciate and follow that maybe you can just put in the show notes. Like I think some of them I I actually cited, like Charles Eisenstein, also another spiritual teacher, Thomas Huber. So I think reaching out in a way like listening to stuff like this that you resonate with, that you feel like on some level you know that something deeper is being addressed than what most people are talking about. I think that's a really smart thing to do. Don't listen to, I mean, there's just so much crap going, even more crap right now going on online than before, I think. And just like a wholehearted recommendation, be kind of picky of what information you really let inside. Don't spend too much time on social media because it's gonna eat you up and like you're gonna feel terrible in your nervous system. So kind of choosing your sources of information wisely and taking good care of yourself, I think is really important right now. And then of course, if you resonate with what I'm saying, then find ways to connect. Nice one.
0: Let's wrap up that. people once again and if you made it this far well done i hope you enjoyed the conversation if you like what we're doing then please consider supporting us on youtube and on your podcast app sharing the content round and talking to people about it and also consider giving us a donation on patreon.com forward slash so we can keep growing the show ciao